Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to another brand new edition of Geek to Me Radio. Tonight, we are going to have actor, writer, director, stunt coordinator Jesse V. Johnson on talking about his career. Three films he's got out this year. We'll talk about those. Later on, we'll talk with writer Mark Idlitz about his book, Movies Go Forth, about the fourth installment in movie franchises. All that and more, stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. For those of you driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight, listening to us on the Big 550 KTRS, hello to all of you. For those of you who might be listening out there in the world on the app or on KTRS.com slash stream, hello. And of course, if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, our social media channels with the video, we appreciate you coming in. Obviously, I've got video, which means Joey V is in the studio with me tonight making the video uh, turn on and all the buttons work. I'm not able to do that when he's not here because I'm an idiot. But luckily, uh, we've got Joey V with us. And we're waiting for our guest, Jesse V. Johnson, to call in so we can talk to him about his movies he's got out. But in the meantime, Joey V and I were talking before the show started because he saw Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny uh, last week. And I saw Indiana Jones uh, the Wednesday before it came out. I I gave it. I don't know if did you hear the review I gave on BK on the air? No, but we did talk a little bit with uh, Mitch Halleck last week, and I heard your review. That was so cool that he got to go to the red carpet premiere. Mitch is a very lucky man. He gets to run his own Comic Con. He gets to go to premieres in LA. I tell you what, I want to grow. I want to be Mitch Halleck when I grow up. He said, I don't know if uh, you want to say it, but he said it didn't even matter what movie they put up on the screen that night because John Williams was doing the score. Oh, can you he, Harrison Ford was there. Gosh, yeah, I mean that's and Steven Spielberg was there too, I believe. Wasn't yes, he? Oh I my mean just goodness. being in the same room. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't care. You could. Uh, I'm trying to think of a bad Harrison Ford movie, but I don't really think there is one. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless you want to count Dial of Destiny, which I've been watching the oh. box office numbers on this thing, whether or not you you like it personally, and I get it, it's not everyone's favorite movie. A lot of people gave Crystal of the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull a lot of hate. And me personally, I defended that movie. There were a lot of good things to like about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And this movie, in my opinion, Dial of Destiny, I want to kind of go back to some of the stuff I said on BK on the Airs review because I was you know, fresh out of the movie, more or less. It was a Saturday. I was, uh, I was visiting our uncle in Chicago. So I was kind of on an up peak. But then when I saw the movie again, my opinion changed because I was a little more critical and I was saying, oh, I didn't see that the first time. Uh, kind of nitpicky. But you said... You didn't really mind the movie. You you more or less enjoyed it. Am I correct? I did have fun. I was with my girl and her parents and got to take them to a beautiful uh, a theater to see it in. And it was a nonstop thrill ride. But that could be a, a negative also. I mean, it felt like it was one really long chase scene. So I did enjoy that. But I 
wish there was more character development. I mean, not to spoil anything, but Antonio Banderas has a, a minor role in it. And Such a he waste. should have been in much more of that film. He was so likable right off the start. And I could see people even being annoyed by our Fleabag friend. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah, Phoebe Waller-Bridge about how she's just so negative and mean to Indy. He's not getting any respect. He's like Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> He's getting no respect in the uh, 60s here. But that I think you and I talked about that off air, too, is I think tethering her to a character who we've just been introduced to in the first 20, 20 minutes, uh, Toby, what's his name, Toby Jones? Yeah, Toby actor, Jones. Which I love him Dobby. as an actor. He was, Mr. Potter, Dobby. He was a little Dobby elf in Harry Potter. Was he? Yes. He was the voice of Dobby. Oh, I did not know that. He gave me a sock. I loved, <laughs> I, loved I did not know he was, because I remember him as Arnim Zola from the Captain America movies. Oh, of course. He's um, been all over the place. And, and he's he's always great. So I, it's not like he, he, oh, he brought the movie down. But they introduced us to a brand new character who we've never seen before. I would have had more empathy, more, I would have, uh, I think the Phoebe Waller-Bridge character, Helena Shaw, would have resonated more with me if they'd made her Helena Brody. Connect her to Marcus Brody, mm-hmm. or even connect her to Jim Broadbent's character, who we saw in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So at least there's there's another connection to a friend of Indy's who we've seen before. That, I think, would have given the audience more to resonate with that character. So that's my biggest complaint about her character. And we need to let the audience know that Raiders is your favorite movie. It is. You have seen it the most, and so you should have been involved with James Mangold, the director, I writing mean, this movie. I did send some very terse emails to James mm-hmm. Mangold. Uh, is it which too late? <laughs> Uh, we've got BK on the air is listening uh, in uh, Cartersville. Hello, BK. And Chance Bartels is listening from Atlanta, the Nostalgic Blast podcast, and BK on the air, two great shows. Nationwide. Hopefully, if you're listening uh, to our show, hopefully you're listening to both of their shows as well. Uh, Chance says the numbers are even worse than we realized since Applebee's restaurants gave away a lot of tickets. I did see that promotion. Applebee's restaurants was giving away tickets. Like if you mm-hmm. spend $30, you get a pair of tickets to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark, or not Raiders, oh my gosh, um, Dial of Destiny. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if that's, but it was a huge drop-off. It was like a 70% drop-off in uh, first weekend to second weekend. That's counting the long weekend, too. So it's, it, uh, I have a better appreciation of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because that ending, at least, Indy's marrying the love of his life. He's got a brand new son who he now gets to know. He's surrounded by his family and friends. This one starts out, a little bit of a spoiler, it starts out Marion's filed for divorce papers. His son died in the Vietnam War. This is set in 1969 in New York. Mm-hmm. He's now at a lesser college. He's pouring booze in his coffee before he goes in, so he's borderline becoming an alcoholic. It was just depressing. I, I didn't like seeing Indy like this. I would say the set pieces save it, though. So you need to see this in a theater because these scenes, when uh, they're going through the city, there's this gigantic parade celebrating the moon landing. Yeah. And the insane action piece that they do on horseback through the subway, through these this crowded uh, street, uh, it was incredible. And then the way it starts off in, in Nazi Germany, I mean, some the people... The de-aging. Have, yeah, the de-aging is as good as I've ever seen it, even though Harrison Ford is one of the most iconic faces in the world. So you're going to say... Something's a little off, yeah. but it's still pretty but incredible. But you kind of got to give it that. Like, I think people are nitpicking, oh, he looked like he was made of clay. It's like, this is new technology, and they're really trying. I mean, you got to give it a bit of a, this, this is an 80-year-old actor who's now reverting mm-hmm. 40 years into the past. Give him some, cut him some slack on some of this stuff, you know? Like, people were complaining about the same thing with Governor Tarkin in Rogue One, mm-hmm. and he's been dead since 94, so it's not like they could make him bring him back to life, but... uh 
Yeah, that scene in <laughs> Nazi Germany, it keeps going and going, which you could say is a complaint, but it, it's incredible how it amps up with each new uh, combat between vehicles that they're doing and how long they stay on that DH face. It, it blew my mind, actually. I think the tra- that whole opening sequence, that was as Spielberg as this movie got for me. I mm-hmm. think that felt like it was right out of a, a Raiders of the Lost Ark. It could have been perfect. Um, Bill Cleveland says, bring back trivia night. Bill, I'll, I'll say who knew. I, I know we had trivia night on, on the radio show. You know, Bill's a real trailblazer. <laughs> He's always going across the country. He's He is the Bill Bill on the road. Bill on the road. That's right. So he is a travel writer, and he's breaking new ground. I saw that this guy joined Threads the other day. He is on Threads That's right. Instagram, the new Twitter killer. So he is he is we, amazing. He is my hero. Bill uh, Bill Cleveland is on Threads. If you want to follow Bill on the road, we highly recommend Going to places no man has ever been. Bill on the road. <laughs> Bill in the metaverse. He's watching. Bill's in Chicago, he says. He's watching from Chicago. That shows you how bored he is if he's actually <laughs> watching our show from Chicago with nothing else to do. It's, he's dodging the gunfire as we speak. He went <laughs> to go and ruin the fireworks over Lake Michigan the way Aww. he ruined them here in St. Louis. You remember that story he told? I do, yes, was, yes. He was late to tell the radio station to play the music that was supposed to be synced up to the fireworks because he just got lazy. He didn't want to go all the way to the riverfront to see when the fireworks started. So he sat in his car, and the fireworks were so low that the station manager got so mad at him that the, the music wasn't synced up. We may have to have Bill back on the studio sometime uh, to uh, talk about some of these stories because he, he does have a, he's been in radio for a long time and everything, so he has a lot of great stories to tell. But you and I were talking also about Harrison Ford himself. He is the number one star in the world, I would say. He is A-list, number one, but he's not afraid to do TV. I saw that he was on a podcast. He was on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend's podcast. I think in his age, he just does whatever he wants for having fun. Why wouldn't you? need a publicist. He can do whatever he wants. And he was great. I know you and I have talked about this previously mm-hmm. that I think shrinking. If you haven't watched it, if you're, if you're listening right now, uh, put it on your to-do list if you haven't already seen Shrinking on Apple TV. And again, Apple TV is not a sponsor, but I, I'm going to tell you the shows and movies that I do like. And Shrinking was probably one of the best performances by Harrison Ford I've ever seen in his career. And your login is what? Nope, nope. not, that, you, not We're not giving that again. Nope. I've been hacked te- twice now. The, the text nope. line is 84126. The first person to text in who Harrison Ford played in Star Wars, you will get James' <laughs> Apple TV login. It is incorrect. That is not a legitimate <laughs> prize we're giving out tonight. He's stealing it from his brother. That's why he cannot give it out. Uh, we have uh, we have Bill Cleveland said, I bought my first car at Harrison Ford. Oh, oh that's it was, really It was good. a Ford TARDIS that he bought. So Him as a car dealer, he would just not take any... He'd be a lot of pointing. I'm going to give you a deal. And he'd, he'd slap always, the roof. Yeah. What's it going to take to get you in this, baby? She might not look like a, but she's How got to work out. Now we can just sit here and quote Harrison Ford lines. But uh, we were talking, somehow you and I got on the topic of who Harrison Ford's favorite Muppet was. Yeah, if he was offered the role for shrinking, you were saying, like, did he even know who Jason Segal yeah, they were, was? They did an interview with it, was either the director or the writer of shrinking. And as he was pitching, my friend, uh, different different Bill, not Bill Cleveland, but my friend Bill better Blank, Bill, he was we talking. Call him. Yep. Is that what we call him? Yeah, better Bill. I don't think. We don't rank them. <laughs> but uh, he was saying that they, there was this interview, and the guy was saying, you know, we're pitching it. Harrison Ford's like, what's the part like? And they told him, well, you play a psychologist, and you are you know own the practice, and uh, who's in it? And they said, well, this we have Jason Segel as our lead. I don't know who that is. but And then you mentioned the, the Muppet connection. Yeah, we don't know who Jason Segel is. Uh, all right, well, Mr. Ford, have you seen The Muppets? Like, yes. And we were trying to guess which Muppet would be his favorite. And I immediately went, Walter? You know, just the new Muppet. I would assume that Harrison Ford has seen every Muppets movie and knows who Jason Segel is, but he forgot. 
because he was so busy, you know, paying attention to Walter. But you knew exactly which Muppet would be his favorite. I mean, it's 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 got to be Sam Eagle. Sam Eagle. That's got to be, be Harrison. Harrison Ford's he's even got the favorite. furrowed brow that Harrison Ford usually has <laughs> in his pictures. So he looks like he's about to get onto Air Force One, kick, uh, get off my plane. plane. Yeah, just a bird on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> that seems very Sam Eagle esque of me. So if you're listening right now to this nonsense, feel free to text us at eight four one two six who you think. Harrison Ford's favorite Muppet is, and we'll uh, we'll read those answers out loud on the air. If you're watching, too, you can chime in in the text, as Chance and BK and Bill all have done as well. Um, with the uh, the show, we're still waiting for my first guest to call in. He may have gotten the time wrong. It's happened a couple times before. But we're supposed to be talking with Jesse V. Johnson, who's uh, got three movies out. One Ranger, Boudicca, and Chief of Station. Let me show a picture of him. He's a okay. good-looking guy. I mean, goodness. And he was born in the U.K. Look at this director We'll give face. a quick uh, synopsis. There you go. There's Jesse V. Johnson for you. Um, but he's a writer and director. He also, I was excited to talk to him because he's been a stunt coordinator on movies like going all the way back to the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Whoa. With uh, I was going to talk to him about that. And also movies like Terminator 3. Uh, Galaxy Quest from 1999 with Alan Rickman. I was going to ask him how Alan Rickman is at stunt coordination. Yep, Tim Allen Rickman. I yeah. know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mission Impossible 3. You and I were just talking about the new Mission Impossible movie that's out. I didn't see Dead Ghost Reckoning. Protocol. Oh, probably because the title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, makes sense. Couldn't see it. The uh, He's also done Thor uh, and The Amazing Spider-Man's 1 and 2 with Andrew Garfield. Uh, the TV series The Last Ship. So he's done a lot of stunt coordinating. So I was going to talk to him about that as well. So if Jesse V. Johnson does call in... We'll bring him right to you. Uh, again, later on tonight, we'll be talking with writer Mark Idlitz. I have his number, so we, he's going to be on the show whether he likes it or not. With a name like Jesse V. Johnson, he has to know how to coordinate fights. I mean, it sounds like you would think so. who would win. Right. I'm, I'm going Johnson. Johnson yeah. would obviously Johnson. be. Well, no, I got my money on Jesse. I Jesse don't... James, world-famous <laughs> outlaw. If you're thinking Andrew Johnson, the president, we impeached him. Oh, of course. Jesse, Jesse, he's out of here. Yeah, Jesse James, the outlaw, would easily beat Andrew Johnson in a fight. We all know this. Well, good luck with all your future films, Jesse V. Johnson. Yes, and hopefully we can have you on. Uh, Chance thinks Miss Piggy would be Harrison Ford's favorite. I don't know. I think she was cozying up to Mark Hamill in the original Muppet show, Chance. So I think uh, Miss Piggy might be Luke Skywalker, or uh, Mark Hamill's favorite, and Harrison Ford might give her a little bit of the cold shoulder. Everyone's so we'll got the one-word impression of Miss Piggy. It's the, hi-ya! Oh, I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say, Kermy! Um, I don't know. I like That'd her when she's feisty. Impression. Oh, okay. Bill Cleveland, he thinks Statler and Waldorf would be Harrison Ford's favorite Muppet. Those are my favorite Muppets. I mean, why not? I mean, it's the two old men sitting in the balcony. That's who, I, that's who I'm going to end up being when I grow, grow up and get old. I'll just be up in the balcony of different shows mocking them. We're two bitter guys who are just trashing movies for a living. I yeah. mean, how could it not be Statler and Waldorf? I was like, I'm trashing. There were things to like about Indiana Jones. I, I hate people who are always negative about reviews, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons you and I were talking about this, too, before... Uh, we came on air is I, I come out of a movie and I'm psyched. I just saw a movie. I'm a movie guy. I like I want to find things to like. So even when I write reviews and we were talking to, I hate writing because I sound like an idiot. I don't like reading my because I got to read my stuff back and edit it. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, why would you say something like that? And I, then I end up not wanting to publish what I've written. Um, but I like talking about stuff because once it's out there, I can't take it back or edit it. But I think I come out of a movie and I'm psyched. I'm positive. Like when uh, BK kindly had me on his show. Um, to review Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And I said, you know, I'd, I'd probably give it like maybe a seven. I think I gave it a seven. Oh, yeah, you're very kind, yeah. In retrospect, though, after seeing it the second time and really thinking about it, I'd probably give it more of a five. Ooh. Right? Just middle level. It wasn't horrible because mm-hmm. uh, I'm always like, I think movies are like pizza. Even when they're bad, they're good. Especially with Indiana Jones movies because we got to see Indiana Jones one more time 
in the fedora. I was thinking, too, he didn't use his gun at all. And he hasn't used his gun since Last Crusade because I don't recall. I remember him drawing it mm-hmm. in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when he and Shia LaBeouf were running around in that uh, the, the graveyard. But he didn't fire it. So I wonder if that's a Harrison Ford doesn't want to display gun violence anymore. He's not he's not Jack Ryan in Patriot Games. Maybe he doesn't want to do that. Or if that's kind of Hollywood trying to back away from the gun thing. I don't yeah, know. it was a little more family friendly probably to it's get Disney. The, the Disney aspect in there. You know, it is a greatest hits of what we already know about Indiana Jones. There are lots of callbacks, you know, mm-hmm. snakes, yeah. uh, a fake short round. <laughs> There's, you know, going back to the beginning is just our favorite parts of Raiders, basically. So it, it's not it doesn't feel that original, especially if you think of James Mangold, who did Old Man Logan. So yeah. it has that same sort of beats like you and Mitch Halleck were talking about last week. Old Man Indy. Yeah. Which, again, you would think he because he gave. Logan, a nice send-off. Mm-hmm. I was hoping James Mangold, okay, he's, he knows how to land this ship, or land this bird. You don't land a ship. Anyway, mixed metaphors. Those are Sorry. the wrong ships. This is why I don't write Sorry. things. That's, that's a um, quote from but, the movie. But it's, it's, I, I was really hoping that he would bring this home. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, I liked the ending of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull better than I liked this one. And again, I'm not going to spoil it for you and tell you why exactly. But if you saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, you might understand why. But it's, I, um, yeah. I did not cry or tear up at the end. It was a, it was a hopeful ending, so that's nice. But you know, old man Logan, when they've got the little spoiler for Logan, when they've got the the little uh, crucifix, the cross in the ground, and then she goes and tips it a little bit, yeah. so it's an X for X Men. Yeah. that gave me goosebumps at the time. Yeah, I mean that was a beautiful film. Just the performances by uh, obviously Hugh Jackman, Hugh and, Jackman. Uh, Stephen Stewart. Merchant was in that. as Yeah, well. Stephen Merchant does. Caliban was unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it. Was there were things to like? Like I said, if you're an Indiana Jones fan, if you're going to see it, see it in IMAX so you get the yeah. full effect. I think that's that's the, our press screening was in IMAX. So if you get to see it, see it in IMAX if possible. Um, that's what I think we're going to have to talk. I don't want to talk about it now, but we have to talk about it off air. I'm not seeing a lot of 3D movies lately, like Avatar two. I know they had, but I'm not. It's 3D movie. We'll talk about whether or not 3D movies are going away another time. We need to take a quick commercial break. So I dare you to take I a commercial didn't break. Load any new songs, and Joey's going to ream me for this because I'm playing the same songs again. <laughs> but we are going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back. We'll chat a little bit more, probably, because I don't think uh, Jesse Johnson's going to join us later. We'll have writer Mark Edlitz. That's going to be a fun conversation about movies and their fourths, the fourth F installments in movie franchises. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio on the Big Five Fifty KTRS. Please stand by. This is Ethan Phillips, the voice of Neelix, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Neelix never gets enough love, I'll tell you. One of my favorite Voyager characters. Um, this is Geek to Me Radio. I'm your host, James Enstall. I never lead with that. I never say who I am, but uh, if you're listening this long, hopefully you know. James Enstall, Geek to Me Radio, heard here every Sunday night on the Big 550 KTRS. Want to make sure we tell you about our premier sponsor, without whom we would not be on the air, and that, of course, is the City of St. Charles, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. There's always a lot going on. We just went to their first Friday that they have at the Foundry down there for Art of the Arcade. You may have heard a couple weeks ago we had, uh, it was last week actually, we had uh, Jessica and we had uh, Robert in here talking about all the setup and work they did putting that together. They've got like the big full size arcade games. You can actually go in there and play some pinball, play some arcade games. They've got this gorgeous art that's part of Robert's personal collection. Uh, they have these uh, exhibits so you can go through and see 
you know, this is the original NES Nintendo, and here's what came out. They've got all this great information. But things like that are always happening in St. Charles, whether it's at the Foundry, whether it's in Frontier Park, whether it's along Main Street, whether it's one of their great festivals. There is always something happening. It's always a good time to visit St. Charles. So you may be listening from outside the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, in which case, thank you for listening. And if you want to plan a great trip, go to the website, discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. You can see all the things there are to do, plan your adventures, see where you're going to stay, what kind of restaurants you might want to hit while you're there, uh, which, boy, the restaurants, that'd be a whole other topic of conversation to get into all the great eateries they have all along North and South Main Street. And, of course, if you're in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area and you haven't been there for a while, pop on down to Main Street. Check out all the cool shops. Have a cocktail at one of the restaurants along there. Uh, Get a gooey butter milkshake if you want to satisfy that sweet tooth craving. Something for everyone. And you can start your trip at the website discoverstcharles.com. As we always say, it's an historically good time. We've got Lonnie on the phone. He's got an event coming up, and he and I were talking about this event. We want to make sure we promote this event because it is a something you might want to check out, especially if you're listening to the show because you're a huge geek like a majority of my audience. Lonnie, how are you? I'm doing great. Good, good. I appreciate uh, the time. Back. Yeah, we just got back. We're on our way back from a show down in uh, not, uh, Nosh- uh, ne- Knoxville, Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, was awesome show down there. Now we're getting ready to uh, do a little bit of finish, a fine tuning uh, for our show, the Heroes for Kids Comic Con, this weekend in Perryville, Missouri. That's not too far of a drive. So if you're in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, Perryville is not too far away. Uh, if people want to check, is, if, let's give the website out first of all. Is there a website people can go to to check it out ahead of time? Yes, it's uh. Uh, it is Heroes for Kids Perryville or Heroes for Kids org. Heroes for Kids org. And if people are wanting to head out, what, what kind of stuff? Because Comic Con, people think, oh, there's, there's going to be uh, events, there's going to be uh, costume contests, there's going to be obviously vendors selling stuff. What kind of things can people expect from this one? Well, we've got the costume contest, uh, we've got a uh, Cantina Cafe because Ooh. it is. It is a, uh, well, it's a Star Wars theme this year. Oh, nice. Yeah, we have uh, the, we have uh, C. Andrew Nelson, who played uh, Darth Vader in the original remaster trilogy. And he has actually worn the Vader suit longer than any other actor uh, for Lucasfilm. Wow. How about that? Uh, We have... Let's see, Alan Fernandez, who was one of the original Tuscan Raiders. He was actually one of the Banta Wranglers. Uh, he was actually one of the, yeah, so he was he was one. The Bantas were actually elephants, and he was actually one of the elephant Wranglers. Uh, and then uh, because of him being able to do that, he was able to uh, add him on as, add him on as one of the, as one of the Tuscan Raiders. And then we have uh, Mark Dotson, which is a St. Louis native. Yeah. So uh, the voice of Salacious Crumb, the Ewoks, uh, the Gremlins. He was also a stormtrooper in, uh, I believe it was The Last Jedi. And uh, then we, uh, to throw uh, a little bit from another universe, we have uh, the Boar Predator, Wyatt Weed, who is also uh, from uh, from around that area as well. 
Yeah, yeah. Wyatt's a good guy. I met Wyatt a couple times. Oh, he lives yeah. in the St. Charles area. Yep. And yeah, uh, those are our four. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Oh, those are our four guests that we have for our show. Uh, and it's the, to get in, it's $5. Okay. Can't beat that. And there's so, a, Joey get, V has a picture of that. If you're, if you're watching the stream, Joey V's got a picture of the website showing the special guests. Awesome. Uh, Heroes for Kids, uh, Villainous Grounds, one of the sponsors. And Jessica Johnson just texted in heroesforkidscomiccon.org. So if you're in the live stream, you can see that there. And also, uh, Joey V will put a link to that. If you are hearing this after the fact in the podcast form, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and then we'll have that link in the show notes. First responders are, uh, scroll back down just a, for a little bit, a second there, Joey. Uh, yeah, first, all of our first responders, any first responders, uh, first responders, law enforcement, uh, active military, get into our show free. All they have to do is show their uh, ID at the door. And uh, kids five and under get in for free with the paid admission of an adult. And again, it's five dollars, right? Yeah, uh, to come in, yeah, uh, come in, and uh, we've got uh, vendor, we've got crafters, we've got comic book vendors, uh, toy vendors, and then the four actors that will be there, uh, authors and artists as well. So uh, it's going to be a fun time. And I got to ask, Lonnie, w- will you be portraying? Will you be there in your full Superman <laughs> gear? No, actually, I will not be there as oh. Superman. I am no. Uh, I know it's it's a shock, <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I actually came up with my own Star Wars character. Oh, uh, so I will be actually debuting a Ooh. Star Wars character that I created. Uh, so it, uh, to help with the theme, and here's the cool thing about the about our show: one hundred percent of the proceeds that we make at the show. All go right back out to the community, go right back out to charity. That's fantastic. And again, if you've never seen Lonnie and Superman, you need to come out to like one of the Toy Man toy shows or something. Usually he'll be sporting his just the most beautiful blue Christopher Reeve-esque Superman <laughs> costume you've ever seen in your life. It looks great. Um, and again, it's Heroes for Kids comiccon.org coming up here in just uh, under six days i'll be this coming weekend so mark your calendars wow. go check it out in perryville and uh lonnie i appreciate you bringing this to our attention and talking a little bit about with this on the show yeah i appreciate it and thanks for having us no problem have a great a safe trip home yeah uh we're oh, we're almost there so that which is a good thing <laughs> we'll see you soon be well <laughs> all right you too thank you all right, thank you. There he goes. Uh, yeah, that's, this is their fourth annual thing, Heroes for Kids Comic Con.org, again, is the website. Uh, check it out. Like I said, the, the vendors, a lot of times you go to these conventions, too, and it's, if you're looking to get a collectible or unique comic, some of these cons, that's where you'll find it, a place like this, because there are going to be people coming out for this. And again, the charity event, like I said, it's $5 to get in. It's a great time. If you're looking for something fun to do this weekend, I would recommend highly checking out this event. Lonnie's a good guy and he wouldn't be involved in the project if it weren't uh, if it weren't a good con. So check that out in Perryville. Again, scroll down to the bottom of the page if you're hearing us after the fact and it'll be in the show notes. We're going to take another quick commercial break. We're going to come back in just a moment and we'll have Mark Idlitz on the phone talking about his new book Movies Go Forth. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. Hi everyone, my name is Julian Glover. I'm an actor, 
and I'm here on Geek to Me Radio. Julian Glover from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the last good Indiana Jones movie that was made, I might add. But that's another story. If you listen to our first segment with Joey and I kind of discuss Dial of Destiny, you'll, you'll get what I was talking about. Uh, want to make sure we tell you about our official comic book sponsor. Just saw Larry today. Larry of Bugs Comics was at the Toy Man Toy Show, which hopefully you were there too. I know we've got some new guests listening tonight who did not know about our show. So hello to all of you who I met at Toy Man today. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight for this episode. Uh, want to make sure we tell you about Bugs Comics and Games. Of course, if you're looking to buy comics, if you are wanting to get in there, you're seeing all these movies like Guardians of the Galaxy, you're excited. They just announced WandaVision will be getting a second season. If you're like, hey, I want to know more about these characters, go to Larry at Bugs Comics and Games. Tell him what you're interested in, what you're looking to do, what kind of jumping on point, what you're familiar with, and it's like having your own personal comic concierge. He'll guide you and say, hey, you might want to check out this one. And the great thing about Larry is he's not going to push you into a book just to sell a book. He's actually, I've seen him, like, people will come in and he'll, like, walk around in the, in the boxes and boxes of comic books and he'll say, well, here's this story and this is where this happens with Spider-Man, but you might want this one instead. And he's not going to upsell you and try to get you to buy the most expensive comic in the store. That being said, he's got some really nice comics in the store. Uh, he just at the Toy Man today, he was telling me he's sold his amazing Spider-Man number 50, first appearance of the Kingpin. So if you're looking for Silver Age stuff, you're wanting some Western, some horror comics, uh, he's got independent, a little bit of everything. And of course, if you're wanting to save some money on your comics, join the Avengers Club when you go there. It's uh, right there on Bryan Road in O'Fallon, Missouri, easily accessible from either 364 or Highway 70. Pop in, say, Larry, I want to join the Avengers Club. I want to start saving money as I buy my comic books. He'll sign you up, and boom, that's it. You save money on your collectibles, on your toys, on your comic book paraphernalia, like the bags and the boards, all that stuff. And then, of course, on your weekly pull list as well. So in this economy, save money where you can. That's what I say. Join the Avengers Club. And, of course, give the Facebook page a like. Go to Facebook.com. Find Bugs Comics and Games. Give the page a like. That always makes Larry happy when you do. Bugs Comics and Games. Very proud to have them as the official comic book sponsor here on geek to me Radio. Uh, my next guest is a writer, a lot of great books. Uh, he's obviously very knowledgeable about movies, and I'm glad Joey and I got our conversations out in the way in the beginning, because I'm not as knowledgeable, and sometimes I talk to someone like Max on movies, who's up next, or Joey, and they know a little bit more about movies, and I get a little intimidated. But my next guest, uh, hopefully he won't make me feel too intimidated with his movie knowledge, brand new book out called Movies Go Forth, F-O-U-R-T-H, which is a great uh, play on the four movie franchise we've got mark uh, and again is it mark edlitz or is it Ed edlitz or edlitz uh, i say mark edlitz i'll, I'll go with whatever you got though all right <laughs> good enough <laughs> um i love the concept of this because obviously everyone likes trilogies but then there's those fourth movies that come out like kingdom of the crystal skull and some of us go huh that's an interesting <laughs> choice Yes. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm very, very happy to be here. Uh, yes, it's a strange concept for a book. It's called Movies Go Forth, Fourth Films and Fantastic Franchises. And I look at the the biggest, the best, uh, the most notorious fourth films of all time. So as you were saying, most franchises used to be built around trilogies, like the Star Wars trilogy, the Indiana Jones trilogy. And a trilogy is a perfect form of storytelling. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, but what happens when the, either the filmmakers or the studio 
want to continue telling stories and go beyond the trilogy, what happens? And sometimes you get something like Superman 4 or Batman 4 or Jaws 4, but sometimes you get something really, really um, uh, incredible like Mad Max 4 or, or the fourth James Bond Thunderball or the fourth Star Trek. So this film looks at the creative and practical decisions that filmmakers have to face when telling more, going beyond the trilogy. I want to get your thoughts on this because I, uh, one of my favorite movie is it how do you, how, what's the proper term quadrilogy or what what is it for fours? <laughs> uh, people have said quadrilogy. I always uh, find that hard to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I just say fourth movie. Okay, so so one of my favorite trilogies up to the point they released a fourth one. I love the Lethal Weapon franchise, and I will say for my money, the fourth installment of it is a very solid movie. Uh, You know, if you look at the first and fourth Lethal Weapon films, they're very, very different in style and tone, even though they have the same actor throughout. And that's something that that will happen, where the tone of a film or the series will change over time. And the first one is sort of a gritty, hard-boiled film noir almost. And it's got, you know, um, uh, Riggs, he starts, he starts with a gun in his mouth and he's going to kill himself. And by the, by the time we get to the fourth one, uh, it, it, it's more of a family affair. It ends with a, uh, you know, with a song, Why Can't We yeah. Be Friends? Mouth, Why yeah. Can't We Be Friends? And so it, the, the tone of that really changes it over those four films. And I mean, I mean if you look at the Star Trek that's uh, it's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Star Trek one, the motion picture. That's a very somber, serious science fiction uh, film. And then by the time we get to the fourth one, with the, the one you know, that's the one with the whale. Uh, it's more of a buddy comedy, fish out of water, so to speak, in San Francisco. Yeah, and again, Star Trek Four. I know it, 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 we have to take into consideration two different directors and everything like that. Obviously, Leonard Nimoy directed Search for uh, Spock and yes. Star Trek Four. Yes, and then um, Star Trek Four. Honestly, I'd say two is my favorite. Wrath of Combat. Star Trek Four is right yes. up there. And we have uh, we have Chance Bartels in the chat from Atlanta saying Rocky Four was decent, which I think for yes. my money again, I think Rocky Four. I'm an '80s kid though might be my favorite in the Rocky franchise. Yeah, so, uh, oh, I, I should say, with this book, um, Movies Go Forth, I interview the filmmakers. It's not just me spouting off my opinion about these films. <laughs> I speak to the writers and the directors. Like for Batman 4, I spoke to the late, great Joel Schumacher. Uh, and what sort of, and I'll, let me get to Rocky in just one second, but while I, while, I, while I remember it, what was interesting about Batman 3 and 4, uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, is that it was the same creative team. It was the same writer, the same director, uh, DP, director of photography, music, costumes. And th- th- those films are so different in tone. People generally like Batman 3, Batman Forever, and Batman 4, quote-unquote, ended the series. Hmm. And it became so big and, and out there that they needed to wait and just sort of put the series on ice. Uh, until Christopher Nolan could come back. Put let's it on ice. I see what you did there. Put it on ice. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get let's get back to as as, as your listener was talking about Rocky Four. Uh, Rocky Four is also another one where it's this big, glorious, exciting, 
you know, pro-American, glitzy, outlandish film, and you've got the, the robot, Holy, the, the Rocky Four robot. Um, and Stallone recently re-edited Rocky Four, and I don't know if you've seen it, but he took out the Rocky robot, and uh, he made the film sort of more in keeping with the rest of the series. Hmm. He took out everything that was sort of goofy about Rocky Four and made it a more serious film. And if you ever see it, it might be more in keeping with the rest of the series, but I think it loses a little bit of that Rocky Four magic. And for, for that for that one, for that for that chapter, I interviewed the creator of the Rocky Four robot. Oh, nice. Um, and um, <laughs> he wasn't happy that his robot was cut out of the film. I can imagine. But what's interesting about that story is that the robot was meant uh, for to, to uh, reach out to kids who couldn't communicate uh, and autistic children. It was is created to help people, uh, just to help nonverbal kids. Um, and Stallone heard about the robot, brought him to his own family, and then just said, I love this robot. Let's put him in Rocky IV. Huh. I, I was thinking about, you mentioned Thunderball. When you look at a franchise like the James Bond franchise, yes, Thunderball was the fourth movie, but then could you look at it, and I don't know if you've, uh, maybe you mentioned this in your book. I haven't read the entire book, unfortunately, yet. But if you go and look at when Roger Moore takes over, is then Moonraker his fourth movie, or is that... Yeah, that- yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah I mean, that, that's a funny question. Um, yes, you could say that most of these actors have had their fourth Bond movie. Yeah. Uh, and and, and what, is the, what is the significance of it? Uh, uh, the, the, the fourth James Bond movie, Thunderball, is... is for, for many years, sold more tickets than any other James Bond film. Huh. Um, and as you're saying, though, the fourth uh, Roger Moore film is sort of the most outlandish. Right. The fourth Pierce Brosnan film, oh, Die Another Day, is the most outlandish. The fourth, uh, I, I, the fourth Sean Connery was at least the big, the most popular, the most, the biggest. Hmm. Um, Tim, Timothy Dalton sadly never got uh, more than two. I also wrote a book about Timothy Dal- about the, the, the lost. I also wrote a book called "The Lost Adventures of James Bond," which looks at what would have been his Timothy Dalton's third and fourth Bond movies. But never maybe that's a topic for another day. Yeah, I mean, you've got a lot of great books too. There's Jedi Junkies, How to Be a Superhero, like you mentioned, The Lost Adventures of James Bond. Uh, but this, uh, we we could almost have you back on again for each one of these other other books. <laughs> but just uh, thinking about the the fourth movie too, we had someone in the chat. Uh, I lost the chat here. Um, would you count that as a fourth movie in a franchise type of thing? Is since sec- technically A New Hope is episode four. Okay, but that, that Phantom is one of the questions. Menace? I love this question. Thank, thank you, this listener, for the question. I love this question. Uh, the listener is asking, what, what is the fourth Star Wars film? Because if you're a certain age, um, my, my age, the fourth one could be The Phantom Menace, uh, but that episode one. If you're my children's age, the fourth Star Wars film is episode four, A New Hope. Right. But my book playfully argues that the fourth Star Wars film is actually the Ewok Adventures. Uh, oh, right it's you are. Made, well played. It's a made-for-TV <laughs> movie about the Ewoks. And it, in America, it was on ABC as a TV movie. But overseas, it was released theatrically. Huh. So if you were living in Spain or somewhere else overseas, 
your fourth theatrical Star Wars experience was the Ewok adventure. That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, I remember seeing it made for TV over here. Exactly, um, exactly. And that's, uh, again, we're, if you're just now tuning in, we're talking with Mark Edlitz about his book, Movies Go Forth. Um, I was curious, one of the things I had written down here was when you're looking at uh, recent movies, and again, the book's already out, so you may not have been able to cover some of these, but for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is doing gangbusters, each you know, we've gotten a trilogy with the yeah. main characters, but then when you're looking at the franchise overall, exactly. would you then take you know the, the fourth movie in the franchise, or would we look at Thor four exactly. as a fourth movie? How would you break that down? That, 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 that's a fun question, and, and that's one of the sort of the, the, the tricky things is that there's uh, until Thor four, uh, there had their single character films stopped after trilogies. Iron Man, their most popular character, didn't make it to Thor. Uh, It took Thor to to bring Thor uh, single-character Marvel movies. Now, with with Captain America, there's going to be a fourth Captain America film, but it's going to be a different actor as Captain America. And for a while, the most Avengers 4, the fourth Avengers film, uh, was the one of the most popular films of all time. Um, it's, it's since then been knocked down a little bit more, but it, for a while it was one of the most popular of all time. When you're looking at movies uh, that hadn't been made, and I know your book addresses this, uh, Godfather 4, if Sam Raimi <laughs> had done a Spider-Man 4, uh, the book Movies Go Forth addresses that as well. How did you Were you talking with the filmmakers and writers again and said, hey, did you have a screenplay? What was that yeah, conversation? For, yeah, so for, for, for Spider-Man 4, I'm really happy. Uh, this is one of my favorite parts of the book, is that I provide a lot of the plot for Spider-Man 4, or what would have been Spider-Man 4, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 4, as you said. Um, and it would have ended Spider-Man, Sam Raimi's Peter Parker's version of Spider-Man. Hmm. It would have closed the book. You know how when you're watching most super superhero films, it ends with a character about to start another adventure. It always does. Right. You know, they, they, just, they go right by the camera, Superman flies right by the camera. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man flies right by the camera. Uh, swings, uh, sorry. Swings right by the camera. But Spider-Man 4, Sam Raimi wanted to close the book altogether on it, which I really love. Um, and for, for, Di- for, excuse me, for Godfather 4, and maybe we should talk about Die Hard 4 for a second, but for Godfather 4, um, uh, uh, I, I spoke to the, the novelist, who who took some of Maria Puzo's ideas and then turned them into uh, a novel. I was curious if when we're talking about Spider-Man four, there was that rumor and I don't think it's ever been verified that I'm aware of that Bruce Campbell had shown up in all three of the first Spider-Man and he was going to be revealed as Mysterio yeah. In was that was that a, was that a fact? Did were you able to get that verified as yeah, a fact? Yeah, yeah. Bruce Campbell would have been mysterious. Yeah, see that. I, I, but I don't think he would have. They wouldn't have linked those other. But I, I don't believe that they were linking those other three characters. Oh, okay. But but, but absolutely, uh, Bruce Campbell would have played Mysterio. Uh, 
And it wouldn't have been a, a, a huge role. It would have been sort of more of the equivalent of a cameo, hmm. but he would have been in it as, as it would have been John Malkovich as the, uh, the, the vulture. Oh, see that uh, that's brilliant yeah. casting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm now I'm sad. We didn't get that movie. I know it would have uh, been really good. I feel like that's a missed opportunity. So with, with, uh, with horror movies, which are obviously they do gangbusters at the box office. And I think just about every major horror movie has had, you know, we got the Friday the 13th series, had a fourth Halloween's had yeah. a couple of fourth. Um, when, when you're looking at a movie <laughs> like Halloween and they go back and they do a reboot or a change of the franchise, like we now have this new Halloween trilogy that's come out. How does that address as far as a franchise? Are we looking at and now there might be a new fourth film or is no, no, no. Halloween for the curse of Michael Myers is the fourth film. That's it. These other ones don't count as moving towards a new trilogy with a reboot. How does that work? Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the thing about ha- Halloween, as, as you are correctly observing is that, there is no overarching story. Some of them refer to, a, to you know, part two or part four, and, and some of them will sort of selectively pick up on plot threads from earlier ones. You can't line up every Halloween story in a row to get a cohesive, right. coherent plot. They keep on, I, I, I can't remember, I think there's three films, at least three films called Halloween. Uh, so yeah, it, it doesn't sort of hold up to that task. Yeah. And then Halloween seasons of the witch had nothing to do with Michael Myers at all. So does that one not right. count? That's, I was kind of, it's weird. Uh, no, you've got to count it. Um, okay. the, the, yeah, no. Um, and the point of four, so the point of, of, of Halloween four, what they were trying to do with the return of Michael Myers is to say, no, the, the Halloween series needs to center around Michael Myers we promise not to give you another Halloween movie that doesn't have Michael Myers. And so going forward after that third Halloween film, uh, all of them are sort of required to have Michael Myers. I'm, I'm one of those weirdos, too. I enjoyed Seasons of the Witch. I know it doesn't feature Michael Me Myers, too. but I thought it was a good movie. Me, too. I agree. absolutely agree with you. Right it's, there with you. It's kind of interesting. And then, again, you mentioned at the very beginning, I was going to go back to it, but we're, kind of, we're low on time, unfortunately, but we could do a whole thing. I, I wrote one of my very, very first blog posts I ever wrote was defending <laughs> Batman and Robin because I think, A, <laughs> there you go. George Clooney played a better Bruce Wayne than Val Kilmer did, which it's easy. Anyone can put on the cape and cowl and play Batman. Bruce Wayne's the hard part. I also I did not like the way they take a major villain like Two-Face and then they give it to an Oscar-winning actor like Tommy Lee Jones. They treat him like the Riddler's flunky. So for many, many reasons, which I could keep on going for the next 20 minutes, I think Batman and Robin is superior to Batman Forever. What are your thoughts? Uh, I like that people people are now sort of rediscovering Joel Schumacher's Batman film. You know, when 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 everyone, including me, love 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 the Tim Burton stuff. Oh yeah, and and so Joel Schumacher had a different feel. He was basing his Batman 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 on sort of more classic old old Hollywood films that he watched as a kid. Mm-hmm. And that was what drew him, you know, beautiful, beautiful, glamorous actors. And that was what was fascinating to him. And so he was trying to bring sort of a younger, more sophisticated, suave Bruce Wayne to it via uh, Clooney. And I, I so think I, I'm very happy that people are sort of rediscovering uh, 
his work. Yeah, and I know on Twitter, I often see uh, release the Schumacher cut still exactly. trending. People want to see that. I'm not sure if we'll get it or if it's even a, you know a thing. But I, I've heard some people say there is a cut of Batman Forever. Yeah, yeah at least yeah, I'm not sure if there's yeah. one for Batman and Robin as well. I don't know. Yeah, there is one for Batman Forever. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. A, a different cut. Yeah, with, uh, sort of a more serious, longer cut that goes into uh, Bruce Wayne's complicated feelings and it provides some resolution. For him, you know, he's less conflicted in the fourth Batman. So, right. You know, Joel Schumacher said, you know, stop moping. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let, let's, you know, so there's a different, there's a different tone to that. Oh, can I quickly tell one story about Meatballs 4? Yeah, sure. We've got about, we've got about three minutes left. Go ahead. Okay. So there's, while researching this book, there's a whole bunch of films that I didn't even know made to the fourth film. I didn't know that, that, um, that there was a, a, a Porky score. I didn't know that there was a Home Alone score, and I didn't know that there was a Meatball score. Meatball score, it's called Meatball score to the rescue, and it, and it stars Corey Feldman. And the funny thing about this film is that it didn't start out as a Meatballs film. It started production as an independent film called Happy Campers, and then partly through filming it, they said, no, we're going to make it a Meatball film. Huh. And so they had to tell the writer-director and tell Corey Feldman, and nobody was happy. <laughs> <laughs> seems, seems to be the theme. A lot of times when the fourth movie rolls around, very few people are happy. It's always one of those things. Uh, again, if you're listening, I know we had uh, Chance commented. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to catch up with the, the chats. I'm not being very good. But Chance commented earlier uh, that, uh, Mark, you made a great guest, and he now wants to read your book. So, Chance, we're going to have a link. Oh, thank you, Chance. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page, Chance, we'll have a link to where you can get Mark's book. And obviously, if you're listening, we always, always, always recommend, please go support your local bookstore if at all possible. Uh, usually, if you if they don't have the book, they can usually order it. If all else fails, though, you can obviously order online, which uh, we should mention, too, Mark's website, markedlitz.com, which we'll put a link to that in the show notes if you're listening to us after the fact in the podcast form scroll down to the bottom of the page and you can uh, take a look at his other books we mentioned jedi junkies how to be a superhero the lost adventures of james bond which i'm very intrigued by we should have you on again to discuss that one this current book movies go forth it's out it is out now right yes you got it yeah movies go forth f-o-u-r-t-h a clever play on words uh what are you very active on social media can people find you on there if they want to engage more uh, please please hit me up on twitter mark edlitz and um, I'm happy to answer any questions uh, that I didn't get to here and maybe even tell you about a different version of Die Hard 4 that involved uh, Bruce Willis cutting off his own hand to escape from a helicopter. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that might be worth the book just to see. <laughs> Poor Bruce Willis. We'll never get another Die Hard movie. That makes me so no, sad. The tragic, but at least he's still with us. If nothing, uh, yeah, we've still absolutely. got him, so that's good. We love Bruce. Again, uh, the movie movies go forth. Mark Edlitz, I appreciate your time on a Sunday night. Thanks for being on air, and uh, hopefully so we can have you fun. on again. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Be well. Cheers. There he goes, Mark Edlitz. Uh, again, we'll have a link to that book in the show notes. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page, we'll have that link there. Uh, and Chance, if you're wanting to check that out, we'll have that link up for you. Or you can also go to markedlitz.com and check him out there. Um, Joey, did you uh, did you have a favorite fourth movie? As we have a minute, about a minute or so left here. I did uh, say Four Weddings and a Funeral was very good, but <laughs> I didn't chat. see the first three. So yeah, I'm the sure. Three Weddings and a Funeral was probably my favorite, I think. Yeah, exactly. I'm just waiting for the one where they come out with five weddings and two funerals. Ooh. If they start adding to it. Something it must have darker. went down real dark at the after party. <laughs> it's a very dark affair. Yeah. Um, but no, I think, and again, I, that's one of the, I think you and I have had this conversation, which I really think Batman and Robin 
is the better movie of the of the Batman those original Burton Schumacher four movies. The, I think the marketing was a perfect time for me. I mean, Jim Carrey was like coming out with he was the Riddler. Oh yeah, no, and, I get that. And yeah, all those toys. And he did I a good had job. All, mm-hmm. And then Tommy Lee Jones. I heard that he hated Jim Carrey on that. He was oh like, really? Just chill out, man. <laughs> You're yeah. so extra. That was the height of Jim Carrey's popularity. So I can get what. But it, there was also rumor that Robin Williams wanted the role of the Riddler, mm-hmm. um, and and they felt like, nah. So I, I would have liked to have seen what he would have done with either Joker or Riddler because they just I just got done seeing something and they were talking about. Um, different people who auditioned or were considered for the role of the Joker mm-hmm. in Batman, the original Tim Burton one from 89. It would have been interesting to see uh, some of those people who were up for it get the part. And I wanted to see a live action Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent, for crying out loud, turn yeah. into Two-Face. I think we uh, we all missed out on seeing that. So that's sad as well. Um, thank you for coming in tonight. I appreciate all your work. Hey, thank you. It's always fun. I, t- I said, send me who the guests are. And you said, you're coming in to hang out with me I didn't tonight. know. I'm always so pleasantly surprised when you come into the studio. It's great. And I'm sure our guests like it, too, because they get to see the video and all of that. Uh, but my thanks again to my guests. Thanks to Joey B for talking movies with me. Thank you to Lonnie Johnson. We'll have the link for that Comic-Con. And, of course, thank you to Mark Edlitz. Uh, thank you to my show sponsors, the City of St. Charles, Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. Thank you to Bugs Comics and Games, Bugs Comics and Games on Facebook. Thank you to all of you who listen, BK and Chance and Bill, who joined us in the chats tonight. Uh, we have a text that I missed from the 636 area code that says, Has anyone seen H. Ford, Harrison Ford, and Coppola's The Conversation? And I missed that text until just now because I've got two different chats I'm looking at. I have not seen The Conversation. I'm about to check that one out. That person wins your password to Apple TV. No, I'm not giving that out again. Uh, that's going to do it. Until next week, my friends. This is Thank you, Gotham City. Good night. Hey, kids. Are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser bit.ly slash geek to me bit.ly slash geek to me